What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people, and always run happy. Let's get into it. All right, what is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Run Happy Podcast. I think this is episode 21, and we're here with Sydney Irvine, and runs at University of Pittsburgh, and you know we're just really happy that you could be here with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing awesome. Yeah, we're doing really, really <laughs> well. We're very excited. First girl we've had on the podcast, and we're very, very excited about it. So, Sydney, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, and you know, a quick little summary for us. Yeah. So, um, yep, my name is Sydney Irvine, and I started off as a soccer player who slowly transitioned into a track athlete in high school. And I didn't realize what I wanted to do until I was a senior in high school. And then um, I decided that I wanted to run track. And I never had a cross-country team before. I never ran more than a mile in my entire life. So um, doing that transition was hard. When I went to college, I ended up running mostly just track stuff until my coach told me that I couldn't just do the eight and up. Or I had to pick between the eight and up or the eight and down, uh, 800 meter. And I told him that I would do the 800 and up because I thought that would help me with my event. And he gave me a cross-country uniform the day after and said, well, guess what? You're going to do long distance. And I said, oh, there's no way. So um, he put me on a treadmill, told me to run. I couldn't run for 10 minutes straight. And the warm-up was 20 minutes long. So <laughs> I had a oh, really hard time <laughs> trying to get into um, long distance running. Um, and then slowly I progressed in the team. I just moved up, moved up and um, pushed myself a lot and realized that cross country was something that I was really interested in. And then somehow I kind of just progressed as much in division two that I went to division one into my master's degree right now. That is incredible. Actually, that's a really, <laughs> that's a really crazy story too. So you yeah. really didn't get into running, like get serious into running until senior year of high school. Yes. Wow. And I was a sprinter beforehand, actually. So I ran everything from 100, 200, 400, 800 mile, 4x1, 4x4, 4x8. So I was all over the place um, until my junior year. And I tore my hamstring in the 100. And I said, I'm never going to do this again. So the following year, I ended up going to 800. In the 800, I went to States. And I realized that like middle distance was my kind of thing. Like I said, from then on, I had to decide whether I wanted to do the eight and up or eight and down and end up being the best decision of my life. And now I'm running both at Pitt. So I really Thank enjoy you. it. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I mean, what a cool story. I mean, what was it about uh, running that you were like? So you were obviously in between running and soccer. What made you mm -hmm. go the running route at school, at college? Yeah. So when I was a soccer player, I thought I was equally good at soccer and track. So that decision was hard in itself. And I've been doing soccer from kindergarten through high school. And I just started track when I was a freshman in high school. So I didn't have a middle school program. We actually didn't even have a track to run on, but we had a track team. And like I said, no cross country. So what it came down to was opinion over time. So I know that in soccer, a coach can sit you on the bench for four years if they wanted to, but if you can run the times, then you get to compete. So I knew that I had to earn it and I knew that I could do that. So that's why I decided to do track. Like your mentality towards running was just like, 
So like for uh, soccer, it's more of like, you know, the coach can do whatever they want because in, it's an opinionated kind of thing. Whereas running is like, it's yeah. all numbers. Like if you hit that time, then like you are guaranteed a spot. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 I love that. I mean, yeah, I used to be a soccer player too. And that's part of the reason mm-hmm. I did it. I just, uh, you know, 510, I'm just not quite tall enough to be uh, relevant uh, in my yeah. position. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. How, was it running track without a track in high school? Uh, you know, what was, what was that like? What did you guys do for training? Yeah. So um, we always ran on the concrete. We didn't even run on the grass most of the time. Um, but in soccer, I was running in the grass, obviously. So in the fall, yeah, I was doing that, that training out of season, but uh, kind of working up into track for the spring when I was doing soccer. But I mean, we would do, a lot of hills and repeats around my school district and then in my conference or like my little section that we were competing in we had at least six or seven schools but only three of them had a track so we'd go to the same three tracks for everything and we had to plan out practices pretty uh staggered because there'd be three teams at the same track every day so it would be like the people who own that track which like that school district and then we'd have like two other schools come over too and we'd all have the practice at different times so Sometimes I didn't practice till five o'clock at night because we had other teams that were still like in their practice while we were there. So, um, yeah, it was it was difficult, but uh, we definitely found a way to make it work. (laughs) That's dedication right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, I mean, you going from senior year to getting serious and running and then going to a division two school, uh, like how did that transition look like and what what uh, school did you end up transferring or not transferring? Did you end up committing to? I committed to California University of Pennsylvania. They're in the PSAC conference, which is a pretty tough conference in Pennsylvania. That little wave was there for four years. And honestly, without Cal U, I would not have been as good as I am now, hands down. A lot of people ask me if I like regret my experience, like why didn't I just go straight to the pit or anything like that? And I think it was a lot of maturity where like I had to realize that you know, I grew up in a really small town in the rural area in the country and coming to a city for the first time was really scary. And I also lived like five minutes from Cal U, So I commuted the whole time I was at home. So that whole transition from me being comfortable being at home was one thing. And then moving to Pitt was like a whole new thing, but I was ready for it for my master's degree. I feel like I, this is like, I'm prepared for this now. And like I said, without them, like they, they made me good. Those people like, no, no doubt they all challenged me like I said uh, I kept working my way up throughout the cross-country team so like at practice I would be the very beginning I mean I was like the last person and then the next practice or next meet I would see this girl only finished a couple seconds ahead of me so I'm like okay I'm gonna stick with her at practice and then I went to the next person and the next person so it was the matter of mindset change and just kind of being self-motivated to know that I'm worthy like I, I deserve to be here and that's that was a hard transition when I came to Pitt because it was kind of bottom of the barrel again. And I was like, okay, how can I make myself better? How can I be comfortable being with these other girls that are extremely faster than me? Like, yeah, division two was great, but it didn't challenge me enough by like my senior year. When I came here, I was ready to be challenged again. So it was kind of cool. I was going to say, I love the mentality because I think a lot of um, high school uh, or like high school seniors coming into their freshman year, not need to Mm -hmm. hear something like that because you know, a lot of us come from these teams where we might be the number one man, number, right. you know, your consistent scorer, and then you're going to a school where, you know, all of a sudden you're restarting, and, like, it's like your yeah. freshman year of high school again, and so, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to 
to be able to face those questions, it, obviously the four years of maturing really helped um, yeah. at Pitt, and it looks like you actually made a good decision. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, yeah, like you you were talking about the mentality of all that, and so what was your mentality of like starting at the bottom and then going up? Was it like just you knew it was going to be a slow progression, or like I mean, was it was it a fast progression, or like how did all of that mentality look towards all of it? Right. So at first, I would say the in the fall of my first semester. I had a really hard time, like I said, trying to like catch up with the other girls for a bit, just basically getting in shape because he he gave me a uniform the day before pictures. So these girls have been training all summer and I just jumped in here and I was like, oh, hey, I'm on the team. And they're like, who are you? Right. And it was just really funny because like they're like, oh, this girl, she's not going to make it like she can't run for 10 minutes straight. And now I'm, now I'm doing runs in the weekend. There are 15 miles. I'm running like for an hour and a half straight like it's, it's insane to where I started and where I'm now but yeah it was a very slow progression at first I say it'd probably take me till my sophomore season where I started to kind of take things a little bit more seriously there was also another girl on my team who was an 800 runner and she kind of was my motivator because she told me she's like you know what I hated this too but I did the same decision you did and I decided to do 800 and up and she was a killer 800 runner. So I like looked up to her. I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. And we both just like, we went off on cross country and track season. So um, she was really helpful. But yeah, I mean, it's okay to start from the bottom. I think it's going to be challenging for anybody. I mean, being on a new team, training with new people under different training circumstances, and maybe um, strength training can be different too for these high schoolers that are coming into college. But my biggest thing that I've taken away from this was being comfortable being uncomfortable. That is like my biggest piece of advice, my biggest quote of the year, because at the end of even just 2023, I realized that I put myself in so many uncomfortable situations from moving moving to a college in a city, and I graduated from my undergrad, and I went on these trips over the summer, which was really fun, and all these different things that I never would have done unless I was either told by a friend that, hey, you should try this, to me just be being willing of being uncomfortable. And I realized that every time I have been uncomfortable, that I've been able to find that I either learned something from it, I got a new perspective from it, or I walked away saying, you know what, that's something I've never done before, and now I can say that I'm better, and I can, you know, I found I found something that I may may or may not enjoy, but it's all about taking the risk. I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. what are like some good examples that you think show all that? Let me think. So even in running, let's just say running right now. So today I found out that I'm running the 3K in two days. I've never ran a 3K in my life on the track. Okay. Wow. I ran I ran a 5K, ran a 6K in cross country. That's pretty given. But on the track, I've only ran 400, 800 a mile in college. So I found out today I'm running the 3K and not gonna lie, I cried a little bit. <laughs> I was really nervous and I was like, okay, how can I reassess this? How can I, how can I take the surprise and make it into something good? So if, you know, this weekend is going to be challenging, yes, but we did like a two mile time trial at the end of cross season and I did really, really well. And I also never ran a two mile before. So that was my first time seeing like, what's a good two mile time, right? So once I did that, I was like, you know, I have a lot of confidence. I ran really good in cross country. There's no reason why I can't do this on the track, right? 
So my mindset is going to, I know I can run two miles. You know, I ran, I ran almost three times a 3k every single day. I'm doing when I do mileage, I do like seven or eight miles, you know? So I'm like, why can't you run 3k? It's only like 1.8, I think, right? 1.8 miles. So, um, I think it's all about, it's all about just kind of like breaking that up and like breaking up your race into pieces. So like, I've already mentally have been drawing this out, even on paper, writing it out. Like it's not overthinking it, but it's how am I going to, like, how am I going to distribute this on the track? Right. So when high schoolers or anyone else that's like new into like a new event or might be doing something that they've never done before, I would say just analyze it. Don't overthink it, but try to compare it to something that you've done in a workout or something that you've done in a separate race. Because I, I know with confidence that, yeah, I've never ran a 3K, but practices are pure evidence of what you can do and your ability. So it's about taking those little confident pieces from practice and bring them into the race, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I completely agree. I mean, I've learned to try and tell myself that a bit more as well. Like, yo, you've already done it in practice. Uh, right, yeah, right. Like, um, and th- there'll be some practices where I sit there and be like, no no race will ever be harder than what we just did. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't mind telling us, like, so what sort of things are you writing down? Like, how are you how are you going about breaking down that 3K? And, yeah, um, you know, what, what what sort of, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so right now what I have on paper, which I also journal a lot too, so it's getting word vomit out on paper just to kind of like get out of my head. So I am planning on, well, it's a 200 track. It's at Penn State, 200 meter track. So I'm splitting up by 800s because I'm 800 runner. So kind of just like staying on pace. And like my goal is to be within like the top five of the pack and not losing that pack. Cause I know it's going to break up a lot. I think there's 21 people in this race. So like that's going to be jam packed for a 200 yeah. meter track. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, and I'm in lane one too, to begin with, so I got to get out a little bit. (laughs) Um, So my goal is just to kind of like see it into small um, increments, starting with the 800 and then it's okay. I made it halfway through the mile. That's how I'm seeing it. And then get to full mile. And then honestly, after you're done with your full mile, you have 0.8. I'm not even going to think about it being close to a two mile. I'm going to think about it being closer to a mile in my head. So I can pick it up because 200 meter track, you're doing one more laps mentally. That's kind of exhausting, but you're also trying to kind of finesse what you're running. You know, you don't want to think you're running two miles, which you aren't. But if I kind of go into that mindset, I would slow down a lot more. So I'm like, okay, I have to run a longer distance. But if I mentally think that I'm running a shorter distance, I know I have a kick and it'll be there a lot earlier. So that's what I'm going on with. Yeah. I mean, you're a hundred runner, so you're going to have a good kick. That's going right. to be pretty exciting. Right. And I guess, like you say, you journal a lot and you, mm-hmm. you're writing out all these ideas that you have. Are you more of a, like a planner than just like a, a doer? You you like to plan a lot more? Yeah. I yeah. Guess. I definitely like to plan like a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I am, I'm not, but like, so like, yeah. I, and like that's not a bad thing though it's i'm just saying like as like a doer like what is something that you would like as a like for you as a planner like what would you do to like like with time management and everything yeah how how do you manage like are you really good at time management yes okay yeah so i'm very type a (laughs) yeah so how how do you do that with school and sports I, i know i just switched subjects like crazy on that but that was something that was just like i felt like i needed to say so yeah 
So I'll start with like the track side um, of planning. So I will honestly write everything out to rolling out in the morning, eating good breakfast. I know it's like kind of given, but it's just checking it off and knowing that's like one less thing that I have to worry about. I also don't like to eat a lot before I race just personally. Like I'll have like a little snack, but it's harder for me even this weekend because I'm running at like five at night. So I have to make sure I eat something bigger earlier. That's important to me because like if I don't do that, then, you know, I I'll eat too late and I'll be too heavy for my race, stuff like that. But fueling is good. Fueling is good. (laughs) So everything to that, to honestly like going to the bathroom and doing everything else you have to do on meet day, just a little checklist. But I also write down my, um, like my splits and stuff, just so I have an idea of what I need to be doing in the serious perspective of everything. And then you said from like between school and track, how do I do that as well? So I have an actual planner, like a calendar planner that I have like assignments on stuff like that but I also have notes on my phone where I have a checklist of what I do hourly so I know it sounds excessive but I don't have practice until two o'clock and then I have night classes every day so my whole morning is free and I'm like oh my goodness I could be sleeping until noon and I don't have to get up and do anything but that's not progressive for me so um, I make sure like I have everything from like I said breakfast to schoolwork at certain times and it gives me like a mental break too because if I end up doing too much homework at one time I feel exhausted for practice if I don't roll out before practice I might not feel as good or I can get hurt so I like I said being orderly can be a lot and I know you said you don't do it which I I understand it works for some people it works works definitely for everybody but personally having a checklist and having that everything in line it just makes me feel like I'm having progress throughout my day it's productive and being in like a tight routine especially this time of year with school and with with track just to make sure I get everything done I want to make sure that I'm like self-disciplined as well I love that yeah I mean I think yeah. there's there's definitely two types of people um aren't they and uh you know there's <laughs> Yeah, there's there's messy uh there's messy people and then there's um you know much more organized people. I'm not and, okay. I'm not but um but yeah, I think I think learning, you know, what works best for you and trying to figure that out, especially your early years mm-hmm. in college. Like I know I know for me I was a little more of like you know, I'd never really planned anything. And I think recently, and I mean, I know I just made fun of Baxter, but Baxter did even today make a list of uh, his activities. I did. Yeah. yeah, I did actually want to say, like, I have been trying <laughs> to be more of a planner um, yeah. because like, yeah, so, sorry. I know I just interrupted you, but um, like, <laughs> I, I found that planning and all this, like what you're doing is really level. It's like a very, very consistent and yeah. consistency is better than this is something my brother said but it was like <laughs> consistency is better than motivation because mm, yeah. consistency is like a it's constant and it can right. constantly go up whereas motivation goes up and down and up and down and up mm-hmm. and down and i feel like yeah. that consistency that's why i've started to do this now is because of my younger brother i think yeah. what you're doing is like really smart and i'm yeah. trying to replicate it yeah um, yeah but yeah, what I was getting at is like I like that a lot, and as you seem like you just talked about routine. So before mm-hmm. races, what is kind of like your um, your routine, and like what sort of like do you have like mental uh, like mental checks that you like to? Sorry, someone screamed in the hallway. Do you have like mental <laughs> checks um, that you like to go through before you race? Yeah, so I don't have a huge routine. I would say beforehand, 
I personally am not allowed to listen to music beforehand, which a lot of people have their headphones in, they're rocking it out for the meet. My heart rate will get too high if I do. <laughs> so I don't listen to music beforehand. I just kind of get in my own little bubble. Sometimes I'll still dance around if there's no music. I'm that person who's just kind of weirded out on the side. <laughs> but um, I would say the biggest thing for me before races is making mental checks, like um, making sure everything feels good, first off. You know, making sure nothing feels tight, nothing feels out of place. That means I could be rolling, stretching, seeing a trainer, anything like that beforehand. But mentally, I think is this the biggest challenge for me, especially for indoor. I, I never ran indoor in high school either, which is also a weird situation. A lot of people have run indoor previously, and I was like, oh, I've never done this before. It should be the same thing. And I realized I was not good at indoor because it was too mental for me to run more laps. And like, I was like, oh, I'm running an 800. But then I was like, I'm running as much as, as many laps as a mile, right? So like, in my head, I had to learn how to control that and be like, okay, it's okay. And you have to kick earlier and you know, all that stuff. It's really challenging. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, I get to kick the last lap. No, that's a 200. That's not 400 left. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of my biggest thing, especially for indoor. Like I said, I have to mentally check and prepare myself for the race. I also do a lot of visualizing. I'll think about the night before. A lot of people don't like this either, but it works for me. Just think about my race and what would happen if something bad happens in the race too. Because a lot of people don't want to think about the worst, but if I think about the worst, I know that like I can recover from it. You know, when you get tripped up in the race, you know, you don't just throw the flag after that. Like, oh man, I'm done because I got tripped. I've seen people come back way faster because they did that and they think they had to make up for it. But like, it's just being prepared for anything. It's not only the good things and the goals and like the PRs and stuff. I'm looking at anything possible that could happen during my race and how am I going to be ready for it? So that's what I do. Yeah. That's, that's definitely like a planner right there. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So with like, man, there's, there's actually a lot of things that you said that were really interesting in that, but one of the, I think, I guess the most thing, the thing that stuck out to me the most was you talking about like, what if something bad happens? And Mm -hmm. I know that thinking about that can actually make people, I feel like sometimes that can make people do better in a race. At least for me, whenever I race and I think about like, oh my gosh, I think I'm doing bad. I find out that like, no one's going to criticize you through that. Like everyone, or no one's Mm going to like say like, I hate you now, or like you you failed, like I'm leaving you or something like that. No one's going to say that. And like, I feel like that helps a lot of people. And like, is that something that like you have thought about or you use? Yeah. It's a funny thing that, I think about, you know, not even not doing well, not, not, I shouldn't say that, not, not doing well. I think about just every aspect because there's been so many times where I got tripped up in high school and I was like, oh man, like I'm not going to get a PR now or like, you know, something bad happens like that. But one, you know, your teammates are always there for you. Your coaches are not going to be upset with you yeah. no matter what. Your coaches are there because they want to see you succeed as well as your teammates. And I just think that like having, Having the mindset of going through all situations is just the most beneficial thing because you just never know what's going to happen. And if you can say to yourself, okay, if it goes really great, great. If it doesn't go great, how am I going to be better next time? And what, and like I said, not even being like tripped up in a race, but just having a bad race in general, just a slower time. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You probably have several races to go. Like right now, I'm thinking no pressure for this weekend, even though I've never ran a 3K. I'm just thinking no pressure because I've never ran it before. I'm going to have fun with it. And I've always had better races when I have fun because I used to take it really seriously. 
and I'd have this like this kind of like er girl face you know like oh I have to do I have to do all these things I have to PR I have to qualify for conference right but every time that I've actually had fun with it and just kind of fell in love with the sport and just been the moment and like you said there's nothing in practice that you've done that's harder than what you're doing at race day so it's just bringing all that together and just enjoying the moment I think is the biggest thing and it's funny that we just had a conversation with one of our female coaches and she said when she was competing the thing that she saw the most of all the people that she competed with they all said they wish they had more fun Mm. because they all took it too seriously and I, when she said that, I was like, oh my goodness, that is me right now. And now that I'm in grad school and I'm living my dream at like D1 school and all those good things, like I see exactly what she's talking about. And I cannot wait for the season because I know I'm going to have a lot more fun with it. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's is really cool. And like what, so you said, you I mean, you got really, you were used to be really serious and now you're just like having really mm-hmm. fun with it. Like what exactly like changed, like what helped your mindset change? Was it like that talk that you just said, or like, was there something that you did mentally that helped like in high school coming from like the sprinter side and thinking I had to be like really like uptight about everything that I did I think that kind of hurt me in a sense because I know like everything was challenging to make it to like a final because a lot of times like in middle distance long distance you don't have like a prelim so it's kind of like you go out you do it you get it over with so that was kind of hard for me to transition to like not doing a prelim and actually like take it seriously and just like go all out and the one event. So that's kind of where the seriousness came from, I think, where I was like, oh, I have to just do it once and do it great. When in in the long term, it's like, well, all you have to do is be normal. All you have to do is be yourself and do what you always do, right? So that was a little bit challenging. But what really changed my mindset was actually my previous coach and my teammates would always say, you look better when you smile, like you're, or you race better when you smile, right? I was like, when do I ever smile in the middle of the race, right? <laughs> like I'm dying, right? they're like you have so much fun and that's when you always do your best like in practice I'm cracking up doing 200s like nobody else is doing that my coach is like man can you take this seriously like as a joke but I would tell him I was like man I'm just having so much fun and I'd still be hitting the times that I was doing for the races that I was running on the weekends having fun at practice and then doing it into a race was just the cherry on top right because like I said there's nothing that you're doing in practice that's different than race day so I was having fun at practice and you're hitting the, and I'm sure you had the same situations when you guys are doing your workouts. It's like, man, these times don't feel too bad. Like when you're doing 200s or 300s or 400s, you're like, oh, maybe not 400s, but <laughs> when you're doing those repeats and you're doing like those, um, that pace work, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, like I can do this. I can hold this up. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, why can't I do half that for the race? So it's kind of like challenging yourself to, to remember what you do in practice and all those time trials or like that pace work where like there's no reason why you can't do that right mm-hmm. so it's kind of where I'm at yeah I really like that um yeah. I mean I think we've heard yeah we've heard a lot of people just like so they've learned to stay more positive with it and just even with us here like I know in high school I used to be like that guy absolutely that was like you know don't talk to me uh yeah know, yeah uh, just <laughs> taking it way too seriously even at practice like I'd be mm-hmm. nervous to go to practice just because uh you know I knew it was a hard day but yeah. I wanted to ask, so obviously you seem like, from that story, you seem like a really, like really positive, always having fun with it. And I'm sure you've, you've learned that through the years, but yeah. you know, when you, when you do have a bad race on occasion, you know, how do you, how, how do you get yourself to rebound quickly and, uh, you know, just get back to enjoying it still? So honestly, the first thing that I do is I journal. 
I journal, I get it all out of my head. I get it all out of my mouth. I get it because I don't, I don't like to talk to people about like bad races. I mean, of course you have a good one. You're telling everybody, but in a bad race, I, like I said, word vomit into a journal, usually on the, on the bus on the way home or something like that. I have like my little iPad and I type it all up on there. So I can actually see that at night. <laughs> yeah. I try to kind of get it out of my head. Yeah. You're going to be upset about it for a day, but it shouldn't last longer than a day. Personally. I think even when you have good races too, it's great to have that, but you have to know what you're doing next. You have to have a plan for what, okay, that's, that's cool. That's great. Awesome. What's your next, what's your next goal? What's your next idea of like what you want to do? So anytime that I've been at like a low point, like I said, I write it out. And honestly, the funniest part about writing it on paper, which isn't for everybody either, is you can either not look back on it. You can move on. Or you can look back on it when you do PR or you do do better and you look back at that and you're like, wow, I was really worried about that. That was really a big, a big problem for me. So that's been funny for me personally, when I look back and I'm like, wow, that's something I was upset about. I'm way better now. And I think that makes me kind of laugh and also like kind of see how much I've grown from that time. That might work for some people too. That is really cool. Yeah. And like, yeah. I guess talking with you and everything, we can see that journaling is really important with what you do. Yeah. And so like what, I guess, what started that with you? What started you, mm-hmm. uh, to, I said that weird, but like what got <laughs> you into journaling? Yeah. So I've always been a good writer um, in general. So I do like to write, but um, I never wrote about running until I was probably a junior in college, I would say. My coach could see that I was getting really frustrated, especially with cross country, because I told you I didn't really get any better until I was a sophomore-ish. And he's like, you have the potential to be great, but you need to be able to get those thoughts out of your head because I was being really negative. I'm not a negative person, so it was really hard for me to like show my feelings, and I don't like showing my feelings to other people. So he's like, if you can't tell me about it or anyone else, then you need to find an outlet. So that's when I went to journaling and. Honestly, I had a conversation with the girls on my team maybe like two days ago, and I found out a lot more girls do journal too on my team, and they all said that like it was life-changing. Like it's the best thing that they've done because it's just such a great outlet that you either you can communicate that with people and you can share it. Like that's great. But if you don't want to, it's like that was a thought that you can keep or it's one you can throw away and it's just no longer in your head where you can sleep at night. I think that's the biggest thing for me where I would just be up all night. I'd be restless because I, I'd be worrying about races. I'd be worrying about all this different stuff, but sometimes it's just getting it out of your head, you know? That is like, I don't know, You that story is actually really interesting and really cool. And getting getting your thoughts getting your thoughts out of your head is a very important thing to do, honestly, because, yeah, sleep is important for athletes. But, um, yeah, no, I like that a lot, too, because I think I'm I'm – I'm slightly different. I like to uh, I like to speak it out to teammates, but I think finding what mm-hmm. works like it, what's imp- what's the most important is that like you get it out and you don't yeah. hold it in because that that's what will mess you up like mm-hmm. the next race or whatever or you know when you write it down you you're it's easier to reflect and that's why like do you guys log on your team so, like like log like what we do log like runs or whatever like um write about um... it all. Sometimes I don't Sometimes. do, I do a little bit like on Strava, like little yeah. fun ones, but yeah. um, I don't really do like day to day stuff. I do mostly competitions when I do I journal. Yeah. Yeah. Or if anything, that's like really hard about a workout that's on my mind too. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I like. Uh, that's our version of journaling, I guess, is yeah. our like the, the logging we have to do. But I think, yeah, finding the yeah. outlet that works for you is 
really good. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, so through the years, obviously, I'm sure there's been some low moments and, you know, running's hard. And so how have, like, you know, how have you been able to stay motivated? I'm not sure if you've ever been hurt or, you know, after bad races or had a rough stint, but, you know, how have you been able to stay motivated through tough times in running? Yeah. One of my lowest points in high school, I'll, I'll bring up two different ones so it's a little bit comparable to both. In high school, I tore my hamstring in the 100, and I told myself I'd never run the 100 meter again. Other than that one in high school, I would say that the 100 meter really messed me up. I mean, I was supposed to go to States that year. It was actually at a dual meet that had hand times, and so my coach was like, hey, go out there, run as hard as you can, because those hand times could get you a better spot in the hundred meter. And so like, I went all out, nothing was hurting, nothing was tight. Like I just, I've never broke, tore, pulled anything my whole life. It was a kind of a freak accident. And I ruined the rest of my season after that. I mean, it was just like a week before like our whipules, which is like our, our conference and stuff. It was devastating for me. And I mean, that also went to like my next soccer season too. I was like, I have to be ready for that. Because like I said, at the time, I was still trying to figure out which one I wanted to do. And I came back, had the best soccer season of my life. I was the leading scorer at my school. And then in track, I had five school records at my high school. So, I mean, I came back and and went in states and in the 800. But what got me there was probably just how much I missed it. Like, because I got hurt, I realized I've never been without sports my whole life. I never got hurt before. I was like, man, like, what do I do? Doctor told me to sit down. And he's like, guess what? you can't do anything for like months. And I was like, no, 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 you don't know me. I can't sit still. I was like, I have to do something. And like, no, you don't, you can't do anything. So for me, that was really difficult. And like I said, it was almost like missing sports that kind of got me back in from injury. Aside from that, that was my only injury. So that's how much I can talk about that. And at college, I definitely had low points when I thought that I didn't deserve to be there. That was the biggest thing for me. And that was also a part of my transition to the pit too, because these girls have been running cross country since they were in middle school or they they were on club teams or they went to States in high school. And I just jumped into division two and started a new sport. People, people argue it's not a new sport, but it is a new sport. Like cross country is not the same as track. That's true. <laughs> so <Absolutely>. yeah, <laughs> that's an argument, but I think it's completely different. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was like, man, do I really deserve to be here? Like, am I ever going to be good enough? It was a whole process that I went through mentally of figuring out like reasons why I should be there it was like you've been able to keep up with this person there's no reason why you can't be with that person or you know you did really good in this race and you did way better than you did last week like try that again next week or even like in smaller workouts like I try to like lead lead one here and there so I could kind of like get a sense of like being in the front or like being uncomfortable with being a leader because that wasn't something that I was ready to do as a cross-country runner yet even like I said, coming to pit, the same problem happened where I was like, okay, I'm bottom of the barrel. Like, how did you get through this the first time? And it was just being able to slowly pick away. I don't want to say like at your teammates or anything that it's not what I'm getting at, but it's more of being with people who are going to make you better always, even though it's even in track or out of track, like just surrounding yourself with people who are going to be better than you, people who, people who want to see you do better, people who want to see you succeed. That has been the biggest thing for me. My coach told me the same thing. We're like, the top three to five people you surround yourself with are the people you're most like. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I like the people I'm surrounded by yeah. at the moment. So I was like, I should probably change that because there were people around me who were unmotivated, but they were fun to be around or they would skip class, but they 
they were they someone I would like to go hang you. out with and get food with. Is that? As I was just gonna say, like they weren't they weren't helping you become a better person. Exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's huge because once I started surrounding myself with people that I was like, man, I want to be like them. I just I followed them. I was like, I'm just gonna keep keep going with you to practice, and I'm gonna keep eating some things that you're eating. Not not that that's always a thing, but it's like, man, they must be doing something right. So let's see what they're doing. And same thing went with school for me. I was like a three, two student in high school. I was just like the athlete. I was like, I'm just going to run and do soccer and get the scholarships and do all these great things. And I didn't care about school. But once I went to college, my coach had a sign on his desk that said the team average was a 3.8. And I was like, I never had 3.8 in one semester in all of high school. How am I going to help this average go up anymore? Right. But in all of my undergrad college, I was 4 0. Wow. So it was like, it was mindset changing. (laughs) And a little bit, a little bit scared too. I was scared of of bringing the team average down. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah. And so with you talking about like, you know, changing the people that you were hanging out with, that is Mm -hmm. like, that can be a very hard and difficult thing to to do. Because I mean, I went through that in high school uh, one time, and like, I mean, it's it's not easy to mm-hmm. like. It's like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do? Like, how are you supposed to tell these people? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I I don't know. Like, it. Yeah. I I still don't even know like how I did it, but. Yeah. Like, I mean, what did it look like for you? Like, how did you somehow do this really hard, uncomfortable thing? Mm-hmm. I definitely had friends from high school because remember I. At my undergrad, I lived like five minutes away from my home. So I was surrounded by people who I still went to high school with who went to the same college because they were like, oh, you live five minutes away. I live two minutes away. You know, we can all commute. And I mean, I didn't really like that too much to people from high school and college. But I mean, those people were hard to like detach myself with. So I was like, I'm trying to be a new person here. I'm trying to do some new things that I've never done before. And like I said, I was really uncomfortable. I think as athletes and like student athletes, one of the most difficult things that I've seen a lot of people go through is just like the social aspect of like, oh, I don't have enough time to hang out with my friends or I don't have enough time to go out and do all these fun things because I don't want to get hurt. Like I know people went ice skating this past weekend. I'm not going ice skating because I will twist my ankle or fall on my knee and hurt it. Right. (laughs) And that can be hard to say no to those people. Right. Cause it's like, man, that seems like fun. And like, those are people that you used to hang out with in the end, you have to remember what your goals are and what's going to be best for you. And honestly, like, it does suck that you're not doing those things socially. But when you see your end goal, and you see like the things you want to achieve, it's not a sacrifice. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not a sacrifice. Yeah, it's it's what you want. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think yeah, I saw this. I mean, I've seen a couple of videos where it's like, you know, the hardest, literally, the, one of the hardest things you can do is just literally just say no. Um, yeah, you know, because all of your friends that aren't runners or athletes you know sometimes i want to go out and do something like that i know i have that mm-hmm. literally every single time i go home it's just like you know they want to hang out and do stuff that you know as a runner i'm not going to do right and, right you know it's just you know it's very and, and they don't always understand <laughs> yeah you know uh-huh. like why you just do it one time um, yeah yeah it'll be fine and it's just mm-hmm. yeah i like that i like that a lot you know it's not a sacrifice if right you know your end goal is there so i yeah, think that's yeah. that's really good uh-huh. like almost like a reward for like yeah, or like you're you're getting a reward for doing all that. So yeah, it just mm-hmm. makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, people are gonna call you lame and yeah, call you all yes, this stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, so yeah. funny because throughout the season you're gonna do something great, 
and then they'll they'll comment on it and be like oh that's so cool I'm like yeah because I wasn't ice skating and breaking my ankle today, yeah that's right or going skiing or doing all this like cool like winter sports that you know you wish you could do but honestly there's there's gonna be those people but there's so many there's so many more people who are more excited to see you succeed and mm-hmm. like and if you know other runners you have not even people just on your team but if you're friends with other runners outside of your team they're all wanting to see how you do and they all want to see you like do all these cool things like I learned that I wanted to connect with a lot more people that I grew up running with who are still running collegiately and I kind of got in touch with a lot of them recently and over break we had like little coffee dates and stuff like that and kind of caught up with each other but I was like hey let's actually keep this up instead of just you know doing one check-in and not talking to you till the end of the season because we're all trying to hear like make each other better and they're all going through the same thing you're going through so it's really important to like find those people that are like hey I'm not going out on the weekend I'm not doing all these things with all these friends but hey I'm here for you and I'm gonna make sure that like I'm checking in on you and we're going to like help motivate you through the season. It's people that understand like what, what you're going through is like the people that you really need to be around. Yeah. 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 I like that. So it was, it's funny that you mentioned that it was, I was recently, we had an, an indoor mile we raced. I ran really, I was, it was a rougher day for me. And I was like, Uh I'm watching one of my teammates that runs um, at a school in like, you know, near where we're from and he's doing really well. And all I'm seeing is like, you know, how well he's doing. And then I like I asked him about it, and I was like telling him about my about my race, and then he's like, "Dude, like, like, you, like I'm only gonna tell you about the like uh, I'm only gonna tell people about the good things. You're only gonna see the good things I do. You don't know that like I ran a three I ran a three k that's like you know literally about a minute minute and a half slower than my PR. Mm-hmm. Like so like yeah, and it's like once once I heard that I was like, oh okay, someone like actually, you know, it's not been perfect for him as well. And I I don't know, yeah. but like when you when you have people to relate to, it makes you feel yeah just much much better i mean so like what would you what would you tell someone right now who you know is a little like you know is is kind of doubting whether or not they want to continue um with running yeah know like what your desire is um i know a lot of people are pressured by parents um by the people they're surrounded by like oh like you're they know you as an athlete and that's like one of the hardest like identity crisis that anyone can have is like i'm just an athlete and we talk about that pretty often because we're not just athletes. Like, it's fun that we're doing it. It's rewarding that we're doing it. And I'm going to continue doing it after I'm done at Pitt, too. But that's not who I am. That's not my identity. That's not the only thing about me. I think it's important for everyone to kind of understand that, like, if you can separate yourself from being an athlete and a person and just a normal, everyday kind of person, it's like, I think that's really important. And if you see yourself as only an athlete and you're all consumed, by that reevaluate and see if you're doing it for yourself or if you're doing it for other people that's that is i like that a lot and i guess what i have to ask now is who are you and like what is your identity i see myself as a student athlete foremost but i mean like i see myself as being creative i see myself as um helpful motivating um like all these other little things, but that all makes up who I am as like one big person as, as Sydney, you know, it's not just, oh, the pit athlete or the runner, the, this, that, the other thing, right? It's, it's finding like other hobbies outside of running too, that make you who you are. Because like I said, the whole consumed thing that comes into play. And if you only just focus on running all hours of the day, it's just going to eat you up and you're going to get kind of burnt out with it. And I don't want anyone to do that. So 
find something else you enjoy that kind of distracts you from it and also just kind of like put you at ease and it even helps for like race day and stuff i've seen people like knitting before the race <laughs> it really i've seen knitting. i've seen all i i'm serious i've seen people knitting before the races people listen to music people are really into that i've seen people playing on like their switch i see everything right yeah. so i mean whatever that is to you that makes you happy like make sure that that is also a priority in your life and not just being the runner or the athlete that's really cool. I knitting is yeah. I'll never uh, I don't think I'll ever forget that now. <laughs> knitting. Yeah, that's <laughs> you um, might want to take that up. I don't know. It's too pretty relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should maybe I should try it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> while we're on the topic of identity, there's a question here that we've written down that I really like. It's, you know, is there a race that you've had that kind of defines like your mentality? At like to running like so i know you said that you you know you really like doing uncomfortable things you know was there a yeah. race that you kind of like maybe it wasn't the best race you've ever had but you like you finished and you're like you know what that was like uh, i'd be very proud of you know who i was in that race yeah yeah i always tell people that my favorite race was actually um a 5k out of season it was oh, wow. in cleveland <laughs> um i just did it i did it back in may and my friend was running the Cleveland Marathon that weekend I was like I was going there to support her because she's like she went to high school with me and she's my fellow runner and I was like oh yeah I'll go with you I'll go watch I've never seen a marathon before like this is gonna be fun and she goes well just you know there's a 5k like the day before if you want to do that so I signed up for this 5k two days before the race and I was yeah I was just like going to Cleveland with her I was like yeah why not let's just (laughs) I'll run I mean I'm I'm out of season I was like let's just have fun with it like whatever and um we were in the car and she's she called her mom and she says hey you do know Sydney's gonna win this thing this weekend and I was like Casey I'm like there there's probably like thousand people in this race I'm like what makes you think I mean like I was just gonna have fun with it I'm like I'm not trying to like kill myself right so she just keeps telling her family like you have to come to this 5k like no we're gonna sleep in because you're gonna be up so early the next day for the marathon like she's like no you're coming to watch Sydney run and I was like this is just so, this is so funny. And um, so I show up to this race and we actually got there really late. So like, I barely stretched. I'm like on the line. I'm like throwing my legs up in the air, trying to stretch everything beforehand. And I was like, yeah, we'll just see how this goes. And in the race, I just see all men in front of me. And I'm like, well, it's looking pretty good, I guess. And I'm just, I'm just hanging out, having fun. Like I said, having fun, just smiling, doing what I usually do. And so I'm just like, kind of chilling out in this race and one girl comes up beside me and like oh finally someone to run with and I'm just like chilling the whole time and I didn't have a good time whatsoever it was pouring down rain it was pretty chilly that day it was right next to the water in Cleveland so it was like it wasn't ideal running weather by any means for some people they might like that but I personally didn't like it and I ended up finishing first and I didn't really even think that I was going to but it's not the fact that I finished first it was the fact that like I was just having fun and it was raining and it was so unpredictable like I said I didn't stretch beforehand and I was just kind of hanging out going there like just to watch her run the marathon the next day it's all I wanted to see so yeah this is kind of a fun thing and she's like oh yeah I didn't tell you you get interviewed afterwards I was like what awesome (laughs) that is really funny it was hilarious and there's like all these media people and everything and I was like I did not expect any of that I just wanted to go run a fun 5k and like I said time wasn't great it's just an experience that I was like well this is just this is why I'm going to enjoy running after I'm done too like I can see myself doing this for a long time no that is that is just amazing (laughs) but so like 
it's it's about that time where we do need to start wrapping it up and uh i guess the moral of this conversation that we've had today is just put yourself in those uncomfortable positions because i mean you are living proof that good things can happen from it from like starting journaling like you like that was something that you were comfortable with doing you know just signing up for a 5k two days in advance and then like not great running conditions and all of a sudden you just won the thing and you know changing like so many things like changing for like from being a sprinter to being a distance runner, something that is that is a harder sport. And doing it in college. Yeah, doing it and then, yeah, and then yeah. going with it in college. Like so many things that are uncomfortable and you yeah. have had such a better life because of it. And like yeah. that's that is incredible. And that's by that's definitely the the moral of the conversation today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sydney, yeah. thank you so much. I mean, this has been a great conversation and perfect perfect one for the first girl to be on because this was <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. No, yes. hopefully, hopefully we get more, a lot yeah, more girls, we'll get some in, more girls in here. In Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sydney, thank you so much. This has been another episode of the Run Happy Podcast and we've had a great time and we will catch everyone next time. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe and we'll catch you all next week.